Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day that you've given to us. I thank you for this night. I thank you for all these ladies here. I thank you for the team. I thank you for Lorraine. I thank you, Lord, that um, you have just appointed this time, Lord, um, just for us to uh, get in your word and uh, just see uh, the birth of Jesus and what that means to us today. I pray, Father God, that you would just um, fill this place with the Holy Spirit. I pray, Father God, that if there's anything that does not belong to you, that you cast it out in the name of Jesus, that they would be so uncomfortable, Father God, that they would want to flee. Because Jesus rules here. Jesus is worshipped here. Jesus is who is uh, lifted on high. That is who we are here to learn about and worship and praise and so i pray father god that you would just be magnified that you would be glorified and that you would just touch each and every one of our hearts tonight with the gospel of jesus christ and his birth and so i just thank you lord for all that you do and um we love you lord in jesus name amen all right so tonight we're going to dwell on the birth of christ according to the scriptures um, tonight, I just really want our hearts to be prepared for, for, uh, for Christmas and what that truly means. Um, you know, we, many of us may have grown up with certain family traditions and, you know, you open presents either on New, Year, New, or New Year's. Man, I would feel sorry for those kids. <laughs> sorry, New Year's Eve or Christmas Eve. Oh, my goodness. Um, And so, you know, but I really want us to go back to um, the the meaning why we celebrate, and that's the birth of Christ. We're going to discover how hundreds and hundreds of years before his birth, it was spoken about, it was prophesied. Now, prophecy is the gift of communicating and enforcing revealed truth. It's a foretelling, a prediction. A declaration of something to come. But God only knows future events with certainty. No being but God or some person informed by him can utter a real prophecy. The prophecies recording in scripture are recorded in scripture when fulfilled afford most convincing evidence of the divine original of the scriptures. As those who uttered the prophecies could not have foreknown the events predicted without supernatural instruction. So what that's saying is that God uh, chose to use man to utter things that are going to come. And since he fulfilled them, we can believe them. 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21 says, But know this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. So when we look in the Old Testament and read the prophecies of Jesus Christ and his birth, we are not reading man's guess or prediction. We are reading the revelation of God to man. 
And tonight we're going to look at a few Old Testament prophecies that were fulfilled in the New Testament with the birth of Christ. There are many, many more. So I encourage you to take a look yourself when you spend time alone with him. The exciting thing about digging deep and studying scripture is we read evidence that the word of God is everlasting truth. The Bible will prove to be the only foundation to build our lives upon. These fulfilled prophecies will encourage our hearts to fully trust God at his word. What he says goes. These scriptures will also lead us to his compassion and love. Remember in the Garden of Eden, sin had come into God's perfect world. With the actions of Adam, his unbelief, and total disregard for the spoken words of God, sin was introduced and would never leave. From generation to generation, God's children would be running away from him, hiding in the dark. Every human would be born with a broken heart, and it would never work properly again. A heart created to commune and love God would now hate him instead. A heart he created to dwell with him would instead be at war and against him, knowing only evil, devastation, and death. But God loved us way too much to let us stay in this separation and death. And even though he knew he would suffer, God had a plan from the very beginning. One day, he would give the most costly sacrifice the world has ever seen. And through this gift, he would wipe away our tears, heal our hearts, and restore us to him again. Because no matter what, in spite of every no that, he's, that has been given to him, despite no how many times uh, he's been told he wasn't worthy or even real, God would never give up on his love for us. His love is a never stop pursuing, never giving up, unbreakable and unshakable, always and forever love. This is the love given and displayed when God made his promise to us. A promise to not be forever separated and distant from him. He promised to come and rescue us. He promised to come and do battle with Satan and get rid of sin and death once and for all. He promised to come back for us. And he did. Jesus would be born of a virgin. This had to happen so we so he wouldn't be born into the bloodline of Adam and have a sin nature. There is no sin in Jesus. He is perfect and holy. Isaiah 7:14 says, "Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel." And Emmanuel means God with us. Now let's read this prophecy come to pass in the New Testament. Matthew 1, 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, 
Before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which translated God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. That's exciting, right? Old Testament always proves New Testament. New Testament always goes with Old Testament. There is never any contradiction. And that is the beautiful thing about the spoken word of God is that we can trust it no matter what. That is the truth that we build our lives on. You're going to keep hearing me say that over and over and over again. The word of God is trustworthy. The word of God is truth. The second prophecy we're going to look at is that Christ would be born in Bethlehem. It says in Micah 5, 2, But as for you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you one will go forth for me to be ruler in Israel. His goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. So what that verse is telling us is that it affirms that Christ existed before his birth in Bethlehem. From long ago indicates the eternal existence of Messiah and speaks to his deity of being fully God. In Luke 2, 1 through 7, tells us that Christ was indeed born in Bethlehem. Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census would be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quinarius was governor of Syria. And everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the end. So even the census was an orchestrated plan of God used to bring Joseph and Mary to Bethlehem so that the scriptures may be fulfilled. Everything is under the control of Almighty God. He has, he knows comings and goings. He knows what to do in order for his prophecies to be fulfilled. He misses nothing. <laughs> There's nothing. He is in 
full control. The last prophecy that we're going to look at tonight is one that Christ would be filled with power, peace, and the spirit from birth. This is probably one of my most favorite, you guys. Like, I just, I love, I love uh, these words in Isaiah 61, and then I also love how Jesus uh, fulfills them in Luke. Isaiah 61, 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted, He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners. Jesus, the Messiah, was born for a purpose, and that purpose was to save God's children from eternal death and separation. His purpose was to be born perfect, without sin, without blemish, living as a man, with making no mistakes, making no sinful choices. And he would fulfill his ministry of reconciliation, signs and wonders, so that people may believe. He would bring back the dead. He would bring the dead back to life, give the blind sight, the leopards healing, and the lame to leap for joy. But more importantly, he would sacrifice himself on a cross to forgive the sins of the world, to heal our hearts make them whole again, and restore us back to the Father. Isaiah 9, 6. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Messiah would come into this world as a baby. He would be known as the supernatural counselor. With his first coming, he gave the world the words of eternal life. And when he comes again, and I cannot wait. I cannot wait for Jesus to come back. He will rule with perfect wisdom. Jesus is mighty God, a term applied to Yahweh who has ultimate victory over the evil one. Jesus rules and reigns side by side with God the Father, Yahweh. I am. That is where he is, and that is where he trumps all evil and all sin. Come on now. Man, let's get excited over that. Oh. Jesus is also called the eternal father, which literally means father of eternity. Messiah is eternally a father to his people, guarding, supplying, and caring for their needs. And Jesus is prince of peace, the one who brings peace in the fullest sense of wholeness, prosperity, and tranquility. Tranquility. Excuse me. Now, I want to pause for a second because that prosperity is not talking about materialistic things. That prosperity is of your heart and your soul for eternity. Because one day we will stand before Yahweh, we will stand before God, and we will give an account. And we will say, this is what I've done with my life. 
And if you have not accepted the Prince of Peace, if he has not brought peace to your heart and to your soul, you are still at war with God, and you will be separated for all of eternity. The Messiah is all you need. He satisfies all areas of your heart and life. And that's what the peace brings. It's, it will lead you to never thirst or hunger again. These two verses announce that Christ would be filled with power, peace, and the spirit from birth. And this is, this is so exciting, guys. This is, this is it. This is what gets me fired up and so excited on who Jesus is and what he has done for us. Because Jesus claims these very things about himself in Luke 4, 16 through 21. And Jesus came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. And the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. And he opened the book and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. That is where we insert today's phrase, mic drop. Come on now. That's all he did. That's all he needed to do. The crowd was dumbfounded, in awe, in shock. See, every Israelite had their hearts conditioned to yearn and hope for their coming and promised Messiah. All Israelites from young to old knew this passage in Isaiah and knew it was only written for the coming king, their Messiah. And Jesus of Nazareth, Joseph's son, who was a carpenter, just claimed that title and position. But see, Jesus did not come to this wicked and dying world to be born in a manger just for the Jews. No, he came for you and me. He came for every child of God that has ever been created. He came to save the world. And as many of you guys are probably very familiar with John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. That is why Jesus came down, leaving the heavens of heavens, leaving his Father's side, leaving, um, man, just there's no pain, there's no sorrow, there's no suffering in heaven. And Jesus left his throne to come down as a helpless baby, to be laid in a manger, to grow up 
and it, and and experience hardship and death and 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 he is he he lived among his people yet there was no sin in him he was perfect so that one day one day he would be hung on a cross and die for everyone and take the sins and punishment of all those sins upon himself. And he would be buried. And three days later, he would be risen again, triumphing over sin and death, conquering Satan and all that he brings. And he would go back to heaven and rule and reign. And the gospel of Jesus Christ and what he has done would go throughout the world bringing those who are captive by addiction and bondage, by shame and, and, and pain and sorrow, and he would set them free. That is why Jesus came. <laughs> so this Christmas, remember and celebrate the birth of the King. And thank him for giving us the most precious gift of all, himself. Let's pray. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Just thank you, Jesus. We thank you. We thank you that you humbled yourself. Knowing, knowing what you were going to face on the cross, knowing the torture and the punishment and the pain. And you still came down. You still came down. For us wicked and sinful people, you died while we were still in our sin. And I thank you, Lord, for that. I thank you, Jesus, that you came down as a little baby and you lived a perfect life and you hung on a tree for each and every one of us in here. And I thank you that you didn't stay in the grave, that you rose again three days later and you have conquered everything that breaks our hearts. You, you have conquered the war that is between us and God. You have declared peace between him and his children again. I thank you for that. I thank you for this opportunity just to, to think back and to know that what the scripture says is true. And so I pray, Father God, that you would just hide this word in our heart. Hide these prophecies that in the Old Testament that you fulfilled in the New Testament. I pray, Father God, that we would, we would cling to the hope that only comes from you. This world has nothing to offer. There is no peace. There is no counsel. There is no love that this world has to offer. It only comes through Jesus and Jesus alone. So I pray, Father God, that if there are those who are captive, if those here that are, that are um, in need of healing, if they need to be set free, I pray, Father God, that they would call out on the name of Jesus and that they would surrender their heart to him and that they would accept the free gift that you give this Christmas, Father God, which is yourself. I pray, Father God, that you would go before us this week and that if there are those that are struggling because of the holidays and what this time brings, I pray, Father God, that you would step in and comfort them and that you would show them that only comfort comes from you. It doesn't come from dope. It doesn't come from relationships. It doesn't come from anything materialistic. It comes from you. 
And so I pray, Father God, that you would just um, be with us. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.